So good morning and uh, welcome to our LinkedIn Live. Does culture matter within the digital skills gap? My name is Natasha Bradley and I'm really excited to be joined by two wonderful guests, Becky Dorset and Ginny Holden. Becky, Ginny, would you like to introduce yourself? Yep, I'll go first. Uh, so my name is Becky Dorset. I'm currently the Deputy Head of Digital and Information Professions uh, for the Ministry of Defence. I've previously had a, a varied career history uh, within libraries, public, academic and health um, before I started moving into the knowledge and information management space. Uh, so a lot around information and digital skills um, and teaching them. And then I moved into the people space and looking at capability and strategic skills at that kind of organisational level, uh, which is where I am now supporting digital digital and information professionals across defence and the age-old question of how do we tackle the digital skills gap in a big civil service organisation? <laughs> <laughs> and that is a question, hopefully. I'm not sure we're going to answer that in the 20, 20, 30 minutes that we've got, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a go. Uh, Ginny? Hi, I'm Ginny Holden. Um, my speciality is culture and as human beings, how we work within culture and why Culture is actually a programme that helped us survive for an incredibly long time because it's about being social and how we share. And yet what I tend to find is most businesses, because culture is unconscious and how we work within it, seem to forget about that and try to do things to people that aren't very human. Mm, interesting. So the digital skills gap is a hot topic at the moment. You know, everywhere I look, it's, it's been spoke about. You know, every organisation is affected, um, but digital skills gap really means different things to different people. Becky, what does it mean to you? I mean, digital skills as a topic in general, I often find people get confused with different things because for me, it's the skills that you need to cope in the digital environment, whatever that may be. And that will be different whether you're at home or at work and each organisation is different. Um, and it's going back to Ginny's point, it's that human aspect. So it's not digital tools, it's what skills do you need for that digital environment? Um, and that will be a mixture of them. That will be the tools that you need to operate with, but that will also be things like information and literacy skills and data literacy skills and communications and media understanding. Um, so digital skills as a whole concept to me is, is just the skills that you need to survive in whatever digital environment you're in. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that, Ginny? Um, so I look at this in a very interesting way because us human beings have been inventing stuff for a very long time. And we've also been adopting them for a very long time. You know, if we have language, for example, we've adopted that so well, it's now part of our DNA. Um, as in, we are predisposed to learn a language. So when it comes to what the gap is, it's an interesting concept because... We need, as Rebecca said, we have tools. We have tools we work on. And if you adopt a tool or you've got a tool, it's something new to learn. So this is a skill. You've got to learn how to use it. But the thing is, just because you know how to use something doesn't mean you're an expert in it. And also, organisations um, have this magical thought. They suddenly go, we'll buy a tool and it'll suddenly make us X. So for example, a lot of people buy... Um, N365 and expect to become collaborative overnight, where things like collaboration actually depend on individual mindset and company culture and have got very little to do with how well you can use N365. So, for example, I should be putting all of my documents into a Teams environment. 
but if I and sharing them properly in there so everyone can work on them together. However, if I'm still tilting it in my OneDrive, I'm still using the tool properly. I'm still using it how it should be used because I know where to put it and how to do it. I'm not being collaborative because I'm not putting it where everyone can see and we can share and knowledge becomes power to everybody. So when we look at these things, I think it's really interesting to look at what's what's the tool you're using, what's the skill you really need to develop on that tool, but also then what are the other things this organisation means by digital? Because in the end, a tool is just a tool. It doesn't change who we are or how we work. That's for me the biggest thing, Ginny, that, that organisations don't get at all. I always use a racing car example. Like if I knew how to drive an F1 car, that's brilliant, but that doesn't turn me into Ayrton Senna overnight. We'd all be doomed, in fact. But um, that, that's the, the starting problem is whenever anyone says we've got a digital skills gap, sometimes I don't even think they know if they've got a skills gap or not. They're just not seeing the behaviours they expect from people. Like they do want more collaboration or they want more innovation, but they don't know how to articulate that. Um, and then we end up going off on two different divergent paths. So if somebody, if somebody says a digital skills gap, you can guarantee within the first five minutes, there'll be a conversation about talent, entry talent, and how we get after more digital natives. It goes straight down that route before you've even begun. Um, and then we start flipping to, oh, well, we'll teach more people how to use the tools. Um, and, and the gap hasn't even been articulated in that, to be honest. Nobody, nobody's even said what the gap is or where you want to get to. Mm -hmm. So organisations need to know uh, just what Ginny says. Where are you trying to get to? Like, like what do you feel is missing or, or what is the next level or the level of maturity you need to see from people to even know what skills you're developing? <laughs> um, yeah. You know, and is it information skills or people skills or the culture that you've actually got wrong, not the tools? Um, do you have a learning culture? Because digital challenges every single aspect of how you've probably traditionally gone a about organisational change. So it's a, a constantly evolving thing, digital. It's something where people almost have to find out themselves what they need to know. Um, so if you haven't got a learning culture and you've not, you know, support. Oh, my God. People probably aren't going to change. There's so many questions to ask at the start of, a, of the gap. Um, and, and it just falls down the first hurdle because, like Ginny says, it's let's go for the tools. <laughs> the tools will save yeah. us all. <laughs> I know, and I love this because um, we all know that you can buy the best tool for something. I don't know. I snowboard, right? And I could I could have gone out and buy the best snowboard ever for conditions I'm in. But that depends on practice. Can I use it? So there's a whole difference between learning something. So you you know you can go from being an unco uh, unconsciously incompetent. You know, then you get good at something and then which is consciously competent but to become unconsciously competent as in i program my brain to do it without thinking about it takes a significant amount of brain processing you know your brain has to lay down new pathways and what people don't seem to understand or organizations never manage for is that time how long does it take someone to become consciously sorry unconsciously competent or even expert on a set of tools, but still that doesn't make them some of the other things they might like. And I'm with you, we, we need to sit down with people right at the beginning, they do something and go, okay, what are the behaviors you want to see? And we can take behavior and then we can break it down because 
Um, behavior comes through, it comes in your brain in a very specific way. You have a feeling or an emotion. You then have a thought and then you behave. So if someone says, I want CX behavior, we have to break it back down into those things. And then that becomes um, also then part of culturally how you're taught to think about yourself. So for example, we would, you were saying something, Rebecca, about learning cultures. Well, the thing is, because of the education system we have, and I'm going to be controversial now, we do not promote learning culture. In fact, we tell you, if you learn and you don't get something right first time, we're going to tell you off. And therefore, as in, you know, we've all been there. We sat down as kids, done tests, didn't get 10 out of 10. And someone says, well, that's naughty and wrong. Now, that's not promoting learning. That's telling someone if they don't do something and don't get it right first time or nearly right first time, you're a failure. So this is a cultural thing that organisations need to attack because that's programmed really deeply in our own mindsets. And other people go on about growth mindset as in I need to learn, continue to learn. But if we don't understand that that is based in what we've been taught when we were at school, then we are never, ever going to be able to drive learning culture within an organisation. Um, and we're not going to be able to change it because it doesn't. These these are things that I always think if you imagine an iceberg, they're below the water level. You know, on the top, you see all these behaviours and everyone goes, who will train that? without actually understanding whether it's something you can change or can train, because you weren't trained to do it. You can't untrain yourself, if that makes sense. That's so true, Ginny. And it, it's the wider cultural things that I don't think people get either. So you're talking about, you know, so much of learning is not sitting in front of a training if you touch fire and it's hot you ain't going to do it again but you've not had to sit through a course to, to do that um, so you then need a wider culture of, of learning to fail and being okay with that and sharing that learning and sharing that knowledge and you also need to feel yeah. empowered and that's a big difference I need to feel empowered to make the time to do this or to try something and fail and it's it's wow. okay Thank you know you. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you don't have that you're, you're screwed <laughs> Yeah, but organizations seem to live in this really world world because if you ask them as people would you follow or even be interested in a football or a netball or any team that didn't train and didn't want to get better and didn't spend 80 percent of their time trading and almost 20 percent of their time executing take football right you know they all they do this football team that you support is on a Saturday, they all trolley up at two o'clock, having been in the pub since 11, and just go out and play. No, you wouldn't. And yet, time and time again, this is how we treat people at work. We never give them the time to train. And we and in fact, almost it's always it's always done in your time, it's never done in work's time. What? Why? Why do you not see? that allowing people to improve and get better at something and encouraging them to do that and encourage them to share when they get it wrong, because that's something else we don't do, do we? Right? You're not supposed to get things wrong in the open. We're back to school. Me and my exam paper, not going to give you the answer, um, because obviously, A, I can't share it, and B, if I get it wrong, you're going to shout at me. And these things perpetually exist. I was working with an organisation and they were trying to do this growth mindset stuff. Um, and 
people um what we call individual contributors not managers and we're starting to share this stuff and then there was one um whole group of management we started to tell their people off for showing that they got something wrong and when we let, went into this these managers said well that makes me look bad they should know what they're doing right so again, continually you're in this cycle which says you can't learn you've got a tool i'm perfect and I'm not really understanding why I'm behaving because it's most of how we feel about this is unconscious. So how does it show up, Rebecca, in, in the MOD? How, do, how, how does this uh, appear? So it's exactly that, really. Um, the, the approach is that training in the tools, and, and it's a civil service thing, not just a mod thing, isn't it? That, and it's done from a completely good place is that if we give you the processes and we give you something to follow mm. to the letter on how to use something we're making your life easier and then we're telling you how to use this so actually you'll be you'll be okay just follow this process well it's like you said Ginny all of our behaviors are very different our approaches to things are different and if we don't do something right in that process of this is how you've got to store this in SharePoint exactly follow this file plan you're already doing it wrong and so people it's it's too much um so actually people are just learning to follow a process they're not really learning to fail um because it is unfortunately that that kind of culture that that, that isn't really celebrated and it is difficult as a defense organization because from the outside you want to make sure you're kind of seen against your competitors um and you want you know you don't want to show failure on that level but um approach in general is to try and make a process out of everything to to train um, whereas the other bits of learning don't really sort of feature in that all those wider skills and I think that's been the difference working in in MOD and defense sector in general mm. as opposed to others so working in the NHS the understanding of the breadth of what learning is and continual professional development and the different yes. aspects that you need to, to learn and grow and that learning is part of your job <laughs> it's inherent how you do things it's not sitting yes. down and doing a training course and understanding what digital skills are so again coming in from an information background you know I'm always going to yell about the need for information skills you know digital tools store information and knowledge so if you don't know what to do with that and you haven't got a plan for how to support people in that you know you're not really doing digital properly um, but it's been very different coming into this sector where the sole focus on digital skills is just saying we either need more professionals or we just need to get people on the tools or just keep improving the tools and it's a completely different it's the culture that's different not actually the, the tool sets or the approach to digital and I think that's really interesting because um, you said something at the beginning about getting digital natives what's the digital native but someone who grew up using technology tools. I can program a ZX81, I'm that old. I doubt there are very few people out there who could still do that, okay? But it, what, it, what I find they continually do when they go digital native, what they mean is someone who knows not just what to do, but they're far more collaborative because the generation who are coming up into the work now, where oh, my daughter's generation, think it's really, really strange that they're not allowed to do things together. Um, and it's very interesting. When they first start at work, they're like that. And then within about six months, they've started to revert to the cultures you find in the organisations that they're in because they get, well, this is how it's done here. And what I find fascinating about that is, is that's how your brain works. If you take your brain and put it into a culture, it doesn't know that it's different. It thinks everyone else is doing this, so I have to do this too. 
So even if you do bring in digital natives and you don't change your culture, unless those digital natives are over 80% of the people in your organization, your culture is not going to change. You have to actively look at what constructs culture and then allow people to go on that journey. And some of the biggest challenges you have are with people right at the top of the organization because they've been embedded in that for so long, they can't even think of a different type of way of doing things. It's, it's interesting as well with digital natives because again it goes back to that skills thing um so so a lot of there is actually an inherent ageism if i'm being honest in digital um certainly in the talent space you know i'm in, i'm in my 30s and i'm past it apparently according to the <laughs> talent strategies out there so yeah, might as well just give up now um but because it always goes back to those well the, the digital natives operate you know the younger generation operate in this completely digital environment so they must be what we need to inherently change our culture and if we get them all in it will change the culture which we already know doesn't work but again it's a completely different skill set because if I, I go off now and i go and see on facebook and x and, and tiktok i've got information constantly being pushed at me i don't even have to think if i'm being honest i've got algorithms telling me what to do and popping yeah. up and i don't have to do anything i then go into an organization any organization of a decent scale to be honest and none of the systems will be extremely connected and probably never will be no matter what strategy tells you it will I've got to actively seek information I've got to retrieve yeah. it I've got to know my information needs it's a completely different skill set collaborate and, and reflect on what I need well if you're not teaching that that's why people come in and think I can't operate in this environment and they go again <laughs> yes totally and this is that thing the difference between data information and knowledge and how it's applied and where it's applied and what you've done is beautifully illustrate why digital natives because everything's brought to them or they're using AI don't aren't as much seekers they know what's good information. They don't know how to seek it because it's not what they've been taught. That's not how their world works, right? Um, and it's fascinating to see the other thing which she said is, oh, they can't work here. So what they're doing is rejecting the culture. They're not rejecting the tool sets because you'll find there's different people who've grown up on different technologies. So if you're um, an Apple kid or you're an Android or you're a Microsoft, you take any of those digital people and put them into an environment where those tools aren't the baseline, they have just as much challenges because things are in different places. You know, um, how you get information is different. I mean, I always have a fit because I can't, I actually bought an iMac and I've given it to my daughter because I can't use it because I, 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 all my eye stuff is touch and yet this thing isn't. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I expect it to be and I should be able to touch the screen. Oh God, no, I've got to go and use the mouse in a different way and do this in a different way. And yet my latest, I think this is Microsoft one, my screen's touch screen and everything else works like I'm comfortable with it. It doesn't mean I can't change, right? It just means I've unconsciously learned a set of behaviors that now I act within when I see something. It's a bit like going from Teams to Zoom to Riverside to whatever, you know studio technology is looking all different and especially if you do that to yourself where you've been on a teams meeting and sharing top right you go to a zoom meeting share it's not it's not in the same place and immediately your brain goes it's changed there it is at the moment so i'm going to talk very stupid because i don't know where it's gone but these aren't digital skills right it's a tool that you use to achieve something in an environment 
it is not sorry and that's what it is sorry most of how people behave those bound to culture it's down to the rules and regulations that we unconsciously hold inside of us and having knowledge about those hours liberates you to be able to change what you want that's another really good thing though Jay. i mean like this world now is totally expanded the amount of tools we've got at our disposal the amount of information the, the amount of anything we can get on any device is huge so that again inherently changes how we've traditionally in organizations taught people you will follow this process you will use this tool for this and this is the only one well now everyone's got you know microsoft 365 at their disposal so it goes back to empowerment to reflect on your needs, reflect on your way of working and kind of curate what you're doing. So Ginny, you're still here today. It doesn't matter that you didn't use the Mac. You're here and you, you chose what tool you wanted and it works for you. So that's a completely different mindset that we don't encourage in organisations. It's we've well, got to do it that way. Yeah, you can't completely. Even old. <laughs> yeah. And what I what's really interesting about that is organisations not caring about the outcome, only about the process. Mm. Bang right. On. Processes do not lead to outcomes. And you said innovation and creativity. It's not a process. Right. You can't buy innovation. Right. People coming together, create new things. That's what we've always done. You can't buy innovation. You can't buy creativity. Right. You can put people in a place where that sort of thing happens but it's not a process. And what I find fascinating is about the, so you can have, you know, people go, oh, well, in that case, no one's going to be secure and no one's going to do as they told. Really? So when was the last time that anyone in your organization got knocked over when they crossed the road? Keeping themselves secure. So you have to allow someone the ability to look after themselves. So their locus of control for security for data needs to be internal, not if I follow the process, it's external, because then they'll never own any of it. They'll never see that it's something that I do and I'm responsible for. They'll just want the technology to do it. And that then takes you into this process of why are you focusing on the process, not the outcome? If the outcome you want is collaboration, it's creativity, is safe data. What behaviours do you need your organisation to do and how do you need to think to be safe? Not the process is king or queen or it. Point though, Ginny, doesn't it? And and that's what the heart of all this is. And I think the world, the word digital, and I've had it working in the information profession as mm. well, is people's brains just automatically go technology and process because you know that's kind of that world. And it's actually about humans and human interaction and how humans operate. And so if you don't have any of that kind of stuff in your approach for digital skills or digital in general, then then that's it. Um, and the other problem we we have. Mm. Um, and I think other organisations will probably have this as well, is, is because of the way the civil service um, quite quite rightly, I suppose, tries to box people. So it puts you in a profession so that actually it's kind of easy to see where you can go for career development, obviously, with the professions team. So we're going to champion that. Um, what it then kind of promotes, though, is that digital is somebody else's job. And I used to have this all the time in knowledge information as well, is yeah. information management is somebody else's job. So I don't need to learn these skills. I don't need to. Somebody else will, will sort this out for me. It just goes back to this is just a tool I need. I don't I'm not a digital professional. I'm not a digital person. Um, 
it, it just goes back to that, you know, it's someone else's process. <laughs> um, so, so the human element is so important. Otherwise, you just people aren't going to realise that they operate in a digital world. They are digital. <laughs> yes. We, we all live with data, information and knowledge. How we move it around the world's just moved. Yeah. That's it. It's not moved. So being human within that system and understanding how your humans in your organization interact with data, feel about data, act around data, then create information and create knowledge and curate it and share it and communicate it. That's what we do. And that's at the true heart of being human is we came together as groups to, we survived better, so we worked together as groups. And we moved data information and knowledge around ourselves and we stored it, aka here's a story. Before we could write anything down, writing systems aren't very old. They're like less than 5,000 years old. How on earth, eight million years? Did we work out how to survive and share it? We shared data information and knowledge. So these are what really human is about. But if we look at the last 100, 150 years and what um, systems and cultures have done to being human in business, they're still working on the industrial revolution model where a human being is part of a manufacturing process and human does, you, there's a perfection to it. No, right? It's not human, it's not how we work, it's not how we do stuff. And for me anyway, so much of um, business theory has destroyed what it is to be human. And yet you'll find this. So people, are, when they work at home, will work in an entirely different way. And then they suddenly walk into an office and become someone else. And that's because of people's cultures and how they're taught to look at what they do. Instead of going, do you know what? I want to know something from someone. I can't find it online. I'll go and ask someone. That's what we do. I don't know. No, it's got to be in this system somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, it's got to be here. I need to find it now. So it's, you know, human beings as a system share data, information, and knowledge. And in fact, one of the definitions I love, um, actually it is mine, high-performing teams, is that data, information, and knowledge move to the point of maximum competitive advantage as fast as possible. It's got nothing to do with technology. It's got all to do with people. And that's how we as humans survived and became one of the best survival organisms on earth. So coming back to that digital skills gap, um, what, how would we, where would you, if this was you and I working to back together, uh, Becky, where would you like to start? What, what would we do first, do you think? I'd want to know where we were supposed to be going. So, so where are we going as an organisation? What, what is the future? And that's that's a constantly evolving beast because digital changes so quickly. So we've always got to keep our eye on what's what's coming up in future. Um, so we need to know how to prepare our people, and we have to plan that quickly. And it's constantly planning that quickly to help prepare them for the best possible outcome. We also want to create exactly that though that empowerment that growth mindset that ability to curate curate your own learning curate your own ways of doing things so as long as we've got those outcomes and as an organization or as a team we need to be here we then just need to support how we can give people the best possible access to those things and change their mindset in that way um, to become that growth mindset and that is through that culture um, I also think it would be nice for us I mean 
we would have no problem, Ginny, but to know what what skills do you need for a digital workplace, for the digital age? Um, because there's, there's a lot of frameworks out there. People don't ever seem to have looked at any of them. <laughs> um, yeah, and I love that bit because also it's a bit like... Um, you know, you, you said there's professions in where you go, and then that's the MO, you know, it, I am this, this is my profession, and therefore I can go up or down, you know. To be fair, what human beings do best is cross-fertilisation. And it's how I take this and what we create together as a whole. But for me, if we sit down with anyone and go, okay, what behaviours do you want to see, right? On, on what tools are you using? How do you view data information knowledge and how it actually moves around your system? People make decisions to do things. How are we doing it? And I think those things we could build into, here's, so I can use something. I need to be encouraged to become an unconscious expert because it takes a while for my brain to reprogram what it's supposed to be doing. And then parallel to that, we can do the, challenging the mindset norms and the knowledge and power norms that exist in organizations mostly because unless you're usually frontline or in theater especially in the mod knowledge is power to me if i'm frontline knowledge is power to us and i think the mod do this beautifully in very very specific areas but how do we move into that world where knowledge comes power to every single person in an organization? Um, and it means because then we all know what we all know. And that's the big shift. A lot of digital strategies, digital skills strategies, um, and especially again across the civil service, mm. I love the civil service, but they, they do this. It's most of your time is spent feeding the technology with stuff. There is very little time in spent encouraging people to take information and knowledge out of those systems and start sharing it and using it. And that was the difference with working in the NHS and we saw it over mm. COVID, that encouragement to use knowledge, to use information, to drive forward innovation and, and drive forward treatments. That is a big cultural shift. And that is because so much of their behind the scenes library and information strategies work on building those skills with people as opposed to just feeding the tech some stuff and never using it again but like you said Ginny when you need to people can absolutely bring out those skills on the front line um, but it's got to kind of translate to some of those back office bits of the organization and other organizations yeah and I do think those are interesting we've touched on quite a few things which are endemic to most western world of western cultures which is knowledge is power to me not knowledge is power to us, that I'm chastised if I don't get something right some first time. Um, and therefore, the ability for us to be collaborative is reduced. So on a cultural basis, these are the things we need to tackle while we're looking at how people learn a new tool set, for example, or put something in SharePoint somewhere differently. Okay, And there are other um, places you can put data information and knowledge okay not just Microsoft um, it could be Google Docs it could be practically anywhere uh, it could be Dropbox there we go hopefully I've now covered everything but it's it's for me it always has been it's not necessarily the tool I can use that but what am I doing and how does data information knowledge increase the competitive advantage of the organization I sit in and also then how do I know I'm keeping it safe? Everyone crosses the road. 
no one gets run over. And yet in organisations, we consider everyone else does these things for us because we're not empowering, as you said, Becky, people to see themselves as part of that beautiful process um, where we learn, develop and get better at what we do. One of my worries is how much worse this is going to get, though. And it goes back to your point about the Industrial Revolution, Ginny, um, is is where traditionally we we tend to look at culture. And this is the Royal We, because it's organisations in general, tend to look at these sculptures and skills uplifts whenever there's a big transformation. I mean, we could talk about digital transformations all day long, couldn't we, really? But um, there's, there's been certain points for, for older organisations that have gone through things, things going on computers the first time. OK, we better learn how the heck this works and then things going online oh god emails are bombarding me every five minutes and then then we're going into online collaborative worlds and then suddenly we're opening up this big world but every time there's this digital transformation or a big uplift that's kind of the point in organization will begrudgingly go right we better do a big upskilling program here because people are going to have to learn these tools so sometimes they'll look at the culture and, and not well as we move into an evergreen environment where there is no big bang anymore where hey we're here are organizations actually looking at that you can't have a two or three year program every single time no. you need to support a skills <coughs> and, and they're going to struggle completely but i think that brings us back to the thing about sports team right every week they train every week yeah. they do yeah. something new every week they understand and it's not just training it's repetitive over and over again so the thing is if you're not going to invest in your ability of your teams to do those things they're not going to improve and therefore, and this is the bit where I would say organisations need to challenge themselves about how they look at learning, yeah. right? And how they look at knowledge and how they look at their people. Because if you don't do those things, because Evergreen's technically human, okay, you know, then we're not going to drive those things, right? And then people go, oh, it'll cost this, or it'll do that, or we'll train people and then they go. Doesn't happen in football teams. Doesn't happen in other teams. People are more loyal to people who invest in them. So this is again the shift away from um, which do which do I value more? Uh, the cost of doing something or the increase in skills, tools, capabilities, and knowledge when I've invested. Okay, that's this. And then if you've got to look at your empl uh, employer value proposition. You know, the more people feel invested in, the more they feel you care about them. Therefore, the more they're likely to stay within your system. That's about cultural group value. So the, these are the challenges. Of course, it costs money. Everything costs money. But it's about how we look at that and the best outcomes you can get for it. No, I think I agree. I, I, I totally agree with, with everything you've obviously said. And I could listen to both of you for hours. But we're going to have to try and cook all this to an end. But before I do, I just want, wondered if you could give, I'm going to put you probably on the spot a little bit, so I apologise. Um, but, you know, if you can just give, you know, one top tip to someone that's looking at how they start to look at, or if they've got a digital skills gap, how they start to, to measure and understand where they are today and how they're going to get there. Who would like to go first? Go on then, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. I think <laughs> you need to understand what you mean by digital skills gap. What is it you think you've not got? Because it might not be digital skills. Yeah. Or what it might be is you've got the right tools, but you've got to do this 
people have got to learn them. But if you're after, as we said, collaboration, this isn't a digital skill, it's a human skill. So separate the tool from the human bit in your organization. But if you want to get better, do the things together. But it's that, what are you really trying to do? Perfect. Thank you. Becky? Um, and I'd say something similar. So uh, when you say digital skills gap, A, do you mean do you not have enough digital professionals, in which case, you know, it's your standard, you've got to look at your talent retention and your culture around that. Uh, or is it actual skills and you're missing something in the organisation and you've got to know where you want to get to as an organisation, you know, strategically and, and work out that missing bit. And nine times out of 10, it will be people related skills so you've got to understand the breadth of skill that people need for a digital environment and that isn't digital tools nine times out of ten perfect thank thank you both so you heard it here first is trying to understand what do you mean by digital skills and what outcome are you trying to achieve um so thank you very much Ginny and um, Becky it's been great to, to listen to you and thanks everyone for listening and um, we'll catch you soon take care everyone thank bye. you bye <laughs>